helping young professionals make headway in the EP community. Welcome to The Circuit Magazine, the number one source of information on protection matters, the industry-leading magazine for all security professionals who want to stay ahead of the game. How hard is it to be a young professional today in the EP space? Today, I'm with Sean West. We're going to be talking a bit later with Matthew Porcelli, one of the big ASIS young professional leaders. And and we're going to be exploring the topic of what it means to be a young professional. What about advantages of being young? Um, What about having to promote yourself whilst perhaps you know be the gray man or the the quiet professional it's a topic that we've all faced at one time because i suppose we all were once younger what what do you think sean i particularly love this topic and i'm looking forward to hear what matthew has to say i mean i'm 41 years old now but i'd still consider myself a young professional (laughs) some wouldn't um but I've always felt I've been through my career path when, from joining the army. I was lucky enough to be promoted quite quickly ahead of, I guess, the, my curve. And that wasn't necessarily about ability. It was, I guess, right place, right time. It's not always about ability. Sometimes it's luck and taking opportunities as well. So, yeah, I mean, being a young professional in the protection industry, I consider I've gone through that career path and I'm moving on in mind now to more of the consultant management level now but I can certainly reflect on my past career where I've been and you know the trials and tribulations of being a young professional Um, and like you said you know should people put themselves out there or do they stay in the shadows and not put themselves out there I think the route I always took I wanted to go on different jobs no matter where they were you know I was keen I was hungry to take on different roles, whether I thought the role was you know below my skill set or ability level, I thought I want to do it anyway because I want to learn that area of the industry. And every time I done a job, I met new people, I learned from them, I grew my network, learned new skills. I was keen to learn from the older guys as well as learning from my peers at the same level. And I think as a young professional, you have to be able prepared to open your mind to people from all sectors, you know, retain what's good and get rid of what's bad. Yeah, I like that approach. And I mean, this this topic comes at a very important time, really, because you think about it, we're coming up to the time where people leave school. It's not just people from the forces. It's people who've left school or left college or left university. And they're looking to take a first step. But as you rightly point out, you are young. So maybe there's a distinction between completely fresh-faced young professionals with zero experience and people who are young but who do have experience? Yeah, I think in the close protection industry, uh, a new entrant to the industry, say you're talking leaving school, they're never going to make any inroads into the industry because people who hire close protection executives, they, they, they would like people who've got a bit of life experience, you know, maybe a forces or police background whilst that's not essential you know some, some life experience is um so it'd be very hard to break into the industry if you were you know leaving school you have to go out there and actually gain some experience whereas 
if you're young and you have some life experience, you know, you can certainly bring that to the table and, you know, throw your hat in the ring for jobs that are out there to, to grow your experience even further. So, so what, what then do you think is the main challenge that we could potentially solve by looking at this topic? Because if you have, let's say, a few years in the forces and you've come out and you're hungry for some private uh, work, I mean, someone's surely going to give you a crack at the whip, aren't they? So why, why is this an important topic? You would like to think someone's going to give you a crack of the whip. I mean, the industry is quite, the way I describe it, too many bums and not enough seats at the moment. And I think the COVID pandemic hasn't helped that. You know, a lot of people have been put out of employment. So it is, it can be a cutthroat industry. It's very competitive. So it is very important, you know, to, to not lose sight of where you want to be and remain professional, remain, you know, humble when you're trying to get work, never give up hope, keep applying for jobs, keep developing yourself as well whilst, you know, whilst applying for these jobs, because I've seen so many people, so many talented people who've got lots of experience, young people who haven't got the break, maybe, who would make fantastic executive protection professionals, but they've just lost you know, heart with the industry because the rules aren't there. And with the rules not being there, you know, we, we could lose a lot of these young professionals, which is, I guess, the subject today we're talking mm. about. Well, obviously, Matthew will have ideas and, you know, he leads these ACES groups to sort of promote uh, young professionals and, and, you know, at a bare minimum, keep them interested and motivated and saying, you know, don't lose heart, just keep on striving for your dream. But, but I'd be interested in hearing your advice because I know, especially on the BBA Connect app and, and in, in, in the group, you're very active at, you know, putting jobs uh, on the board that you've seen or you've found. And, you know, w- what would your advice be then? I think the advice I'd give to any person, you know, everybody's different. Everyone has different aims, aspirations, where they want to be. So some people are happy with their lot. You know, they're happy to just be a steady away, turn up the work, do the work, go home to their family. You'll have people who are keen, want to advance and progress their career path. And I think if you are in that bracket of being a young professional who wants to advance, I think you need to be like a sponge, you know, absorb information from from everywhere. You know, every job you're on, absorb information, carry out your own research into your subject matter, try and become an expert in, you know, there's a saying, isn't there, you know, should you focus on one area or become a, you know, a jack of all trades and, offer a wider selection and what's the best route to go. I like to focus on specific areas where I become an expert in, but also have a broad spectrum knowledge of the other disciplines. I don't think you should ever stop learning. Just throw yourself into it. If you're going half-hearted, then I think you're going to struggle to make it. You need to be working hard and trying to progress at all times. I like that. And and then, and then maybe just one, one word of encouragement for the younger listeners out there. Um, why should they keep at it um obviously i can see that you can see that but maybe a message of motivation for them i think anything you keep at and you succeed in brings a good a sense of achievement i think set yourself you know small targets you know and just break it into little chunks i think that's always a good way to attack things i've always set myself targets whether that be financial targets qualifications i wanted to achieve but you can only do it in bite-sized chunks and if you get a setback you know, down test and adjust, as we used to say in the army, change tact, be fluid, you know, don't fall on your sword. You can succeed in another way. Think, you know, maybe 
progress in another direction. You may achieve some of it. You may not achieve all, but that's not failure. You've achieved something. That's great. And that's the BBA and uh, NABA community at work there. I like that. Well, let's put this to good use. Let's, let's speak with Matthew. And obviously, great friend of the industry, great friend of the GSD Getting Security Done crew, um, and, and of course, all his great work with ACES. Um, looking forward to, to, to having a look at the young security professional of the future. And now, let's meet one of the contributors to the Circuit magazine. Young Professionals and the Protector of Tomorrow. I'm here with Matthew Pocelli, ACES uh, Vice President uh, for the uh, Community and Young Professional Leader. Today, we're going to be exploring what it is to be a young professional in the industry, your tips and tricks and, you know, real advice, because there's lots of people coming into uh, the, the, the marketplace looking for work. And I think this is a very timely topic. How are you doing, Matthew? Hi, Phil. Great to uh, work with you again. Happy to be here. Thank you. I like it. Well, let's get straight into it because we have three quick fire questions. It's, it's very characteristic to put them there because with these three, three quick fire questions, we can get you know real tangible uh, answers to what today's podcast is all about. So number one, what do you think the problem is that you want to solve? What's your biggest gripe with uh, the way young professionals are treated at the moment? Excellent question, Phil. As far as it's more the perception young professionals have for the security industry, specifically in executive protection. Again, we're way past sunglasses, bodybuilding, suits. The security field, especially for young professionals, let's say you're in university, college, even transitioning from another uh, sector, feel that you they have to be in that physique and that image to get into the security field, more specifically in executive protection. And that, first of all, is not the case anymore. Maybe years ago it was. But right now it's more, again, more diversity. There's more opportunities for females. It's not, it's not just a male-driven, you know, all-inclusive and also putting more of an academic spin on it too. Because remember, it's not just the protector and the principal. You have an advanced team. You have people researching crime trends. Here in the United States, for example, you know, if you're going to a certain area, what are the crime statistics? You know, and a lot of other a plethora of information you could extract to have mm. a successful executive protection detail. And I think that's very important for your professionals to understand uh, when researching. I like that. And your, your name comes up time and time again when we think of young professionals and your passion for uh, helping them out and, 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 and leading the way. But where does that passion come from? Honestly, it's experience because when I got into this field, I wanted to be a police officer. Um, I decided, you know, no discredit to the law enforcement you know, community. It wasn't for me. So I started literally, and again, I use this term loosely, let's just say at the bottom, meaning the entry level position as a security officer working a 16 hour shift, patrolling a parking lot um, of a hotel from six o'clock at night to 12 o'clock, excuse me, two o'clock in the morning in what could be described as a facilities plow truck. 
And the reason it resonates this much with me from that day, January 10th, 2014, excuse me, January 10th, 2010, first day of duty to that point, I'm like, something has to change. This field is not, and especially after 9-11, I see where the Freedom Tower is where I sit. I remember exactly where I was on that day and how it affected so many people. That combined with the way the security field is viewed, depending on wherever you are in an asset, as more or less a box to check. That's not the case. Men and women are out there on the front lines. They're the first line of defense. I made it, let's say, a personal mission to always push that and also to make sure that a security officer or any kind of entry-level security individual, it's not the overweight, you know, draggy, let me just bite my time, you know. If you look back during the during the times of ancient Egypt, it was a sacred duty. And that's something that personally, as you can tell, I, number one, take it really to heart because I do Ooh. it for a career. And number two, to ensure that young security professionals know, even if they're doing it, not even as a career, even if they're doing it um, as a platform into law enforcement, let's just say. It's just as important as being that police officer, that cop on a beat, to being the being a frontline presence in a lobby at a construction site because it's just that crucial moment, and it's just it's it's imperative. And so, I guess, what would you like the uninitiated to know? Which is a kind of a funny question because at one stage everybody was a young professional, yeah. but what do you think the not so young professionals don't understand about today's? young professionals there's fear the one thing i want i would ever tell any successor is i want somebody who wants my job i want to create let's just say i'm grooming somebody a young professional to take my position whether it be you know not only you know for my regular position but also let's say the next oncoming so for example i chaired the young professionals community in 2019, and then my excellent young professional co-chair, Lisa Oliveri, in 2020. The one thing we were adamant about is chairing the new group coming in, or excuse me, grooming the new group coming in, even though they're fantastic leaders now, they're running it right now. Um, But so that the uninitiated, as you say, understand that it's, it's, it's an important rite of passage. It's not just a, here's the baton, here you take it. And I say, I want somebody who wants my job and I want mm-hmm. the uninitiated to realize. And again, you have a lot of individuals from a CSO position to VP anywhere that are like, yeah, this kid, you know, I'm, uh, you know, what, what's next for me? There's a lot. There's a lot. <laughs> people don't. And again, I use this in a recent article. People never retire, retire anymore. A lot of people live on two incomes, you know, again, or regardless. So I would say to the uninitiated, don't be afraid because you're grooming somebody that you could say, I help that individual and look at them. I'm proud of him. I'm proud of her. I'm proud of them. So here's a sort of a, an urban myth that maybe you could debunk or, or confirm. Um, people talk about millennials and Gen Z and uh, whatever other generation comes uh, after that uh, as p- potentially a little bit um too self-congratulatory, too um, expectant. So, um, you know, they they start work one day and they say, why am I not being promoted to CSO tomorrow? 
Um, I'm, I'm basically taking liberties with that urban myth, but is there something to it or, or I, I, am I barking up the wrong tree? No, you're, you're absolutely right, Vellum. It's, there's a big expectation for a lot of individuals. They're owed something and they want it now and they want it fast. It doesn't happen that way. If I, some people, you know, me, let's say like personally, I've been in this industry for 12 years and I'm thankful for every minute of it, but say somebody coming into the field saying, you know what, I'm better than this. I got to jump forward. You know, there's a right way to do it. The whole, the whole idea is the experience that you take from it. Example in that parking lot, I mentioned of a hotel (laughs) in a facility truck, you can get anything out of it, you know, anything you want. I mean, again, I was recently a college graduate with a criminal justice degree. I had worked as an auxiliary police lieutenant, volunteered for 10 years doing that. I was a police dispatcher in my heart. Now, this is what, you know, again, I knew that. And again, I was challenged by not only actually family members. Matt, you took a a big pay cut. Why? You're better than this. So, no, you have to, to really entrench yourself and become, let's say, a specialist. You have to start. At the hump, that's the whole thing, Phelan. It's humility. You have to start somewhere. Mm. Lateral, you know, and again, a lot of people are very blessed and very fortunate that they may know somebody in the business. Another adage that I use quite frequently, it's who you know that gets you the job. It's what you know that keeps it. You got two people, one person open door because I know the, let's say I know the vice president. I get get right into that position as a CSO or say uh, a security manager right off the bat. I guarantee that that other individual will enjoy it more if they can say, I worked up my, I worked up the rank and, and, and use my, you know, anybody can use their own experience as a beacon of inspiration. So, all right, well, I've done a bit of millennial bashing. Great. But, <laughs> uh, but to, 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 to lend them an, an olive branch, is it more difficult to actually get a job now because maybe some of the big uh, overseas contracting work that existed in 2006, seven, it's, it's dried up. And, and so we're sort of, we've got a bit of a bottleneck, haven't we? We've got experienced yes. um, SF or, you know, anybody really that, that, that there's a bottleneck. So can you paint a picture of how maybe you've been talking to young professionals and, and, and helping them work through that? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I would say that you never don't come into an expectation thinking it's going to happen right away. People in general are impatient. That's just the way it is. It's all about how you utilize the time that you're given until you realize that dream. For an example, I'm big on continuing education. A lot of young professionals I've spoken to are big on that, too. So if I'm waiting for, for my short-term goal or my goal to go into effect, I could always be doing something in the interim so that when I reach that position, not only can I do it better, but there's no such thing as a wasted education. And that's just one thing I tell everybody. And that goes for people that self-fund themselves through these organizations like ASIS, um, you know, all, all these other organizations. Again, you can't. Young professional, I tell them, you can't afford to wait. You can't. 
how much does coffee cost nowadays? You know, <laughs> you know, you could you could buy a membership now easily. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, there's some of the some of the more exotic coffees out there, I think. <laughs> yeah. um, but but some people have argued that some of the professional um, membership things that put letters after your name are very good for those in their careers, but maybe they don't have the same use for the people at the very beginning. Although the networking is, of course, key. Right. I'd be interested, let's say you were a young professional and you are having a bit of downtime. What should you go and maybe think about studying? Uh, could, could it be medical skills? Could it be some uh, desktop learning? I, I, I just wonder what it is they should be uh, occupying themselves with. Right. Okay, so let's say hypothetically you're a young professional working and you want to get into a management position or supervision position. There's a lot of admin work that goes into that. I want to admit I am terrible at Excel. Take a course in Excel if you're not good with that. You want to learn and grow in the field. A bachelor's degree, and I'm, again, this is not knocking any, any form of education. A bachelor's degree today is not what it was 10, 15 years ago. There are more people with graduate study degrees. So again, and there's a lot of, and if, if monetarily, if that's an issue, you have to be aggressive and hungry. Look for scholars, scholarships out there. There's financial aid and whatnot, but you have to be careful because there are a lot of pretenders out there. There's a lot of people that says, oh yeah, I'll give you, um, you know, four letters after your name, you just have to pay me uh, 500 pounds, $300, or, you know, again, depending on the conversion. But um, that's why it's always good to know somebody in the field to say, and again, I've had people come to me and say, hey, Matt, I came across this, 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 uh, you know, whatever it was, do you think it's legitimate? And, you know, thankfully, it was something, it was an organization that I know, and I, it is legitimate. But, you know, it, again, you have to utilize your skill set. You have to build your resume. Or in this world, you have to beef up your LinkedIn. Ah, I see. Yeah, no, that's 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 actually very current. Um, and, yeah, you know, the, LinkedIn deserves an entire session about what's good, what's not. Uh, how do you remind, remain the quiet security professional whilst tooting your horn? And, okay, that is that is a big question. But... Uh, let me go back to these qualifications because I feel that the listeners for the Circuit Magazine podcast are probably, you know, thinking, all right, if I did a master's degree, was there ever a protective security detail that hired someone because of a master's? And I tend to wonder if it, no, I, I tend to think no. Um, I think maybe if it was a master's that was skills-based or mm, maybe if it was, a, a totally new um, string to your bow. But if it was, let's say, war studies, I'm not sure that a protective detail will pick you over someone else. Uh, am, am I wrong? I'm, uh, what would make them shine? Well, you know what, Phelan? That's actually a common misconception. A lot of people think that executive protection, and again, there are full-time positions. The most wholesome ones you're going to find are ad hoc positions. If you're working for a company, what will happen is now, Again, let's look at the concentric circles of protection. You have your principal, the person that's being protected. Let's say a house of worship example. You have a cardinal from the Vatican, let's say, coming to, the, coming to a church, let's say local to me here, down in Camden, which 
you know, is unfortunately neck and neck with Detroit as, you know, not being the best cities, you know, in the United States to be in. They're going to have, you know, obviously they're going to outsource to private security, local law enforcement, and your internal detail with the Swiss Guard that travel with, you know, obviously the Cardinals, the Popes and whatnot. They're not going to look at, hey, Matt has a, or Fellum has a master's degree in, you know, war crimes. They want, when you're on the private sector, as long as you can do the job and you do it professionally, you you could have a master's degree in finger painting. Now, again, I use that as a, as a very, you know, loose detail, but I guarantee that any team leader, if they look at resumes and they see somebody has a CPP or a, you know, again, there's others protective detail uh, qualifications or whatnot, they're going to know that you take it seriously. You're not just a body waiting there, mm. you know? So that's why, and again, we have a lot of good people in the industry that do executive protection details, but all the ones that I've done, I've never had one person or one leader come up or even one principal protectee or somebody representing them say, you know, yeah, this person has, you know, no skill. And again, once you get to the more close in depth details, but for in-house, you know, if that person has a specific bodyguard for them, but I don't think anybody or any company that employs ad hoc executive protection services, unless you fit the bill, you know, they know, I mean, it's run by people that know the industry. They know, and again, that these are the same people that are now wising up and employing more females, more diversity in executive protection. Again, to get rid of the the whole bodybuilder sunglasses uh, look. So, so, so how can a young professional then stand out? Because they probably, I mean, look, if they've come, if they're fresh out of college, they've got a mindset potentially of um, more certificates equals more prizes. Um, and we discover that maybe the world doesn't run that way. So they are very much in the mood for doing more certificates, um, which is fine. Um, but then how can they promote that? Because there, there seems to be a balance. And I know with your work with GSD, getting security done, the topic of um, putting yourself out there versus being the great man or great person is um, it's quite a difficult one, especially for those who are new, because you could imagine somebody with one year experience uh, putting on LinkedIn that they are protection guru. I mean, I mean, I'm, I mean, that's so cringe, but I've just made it up. You know what I mean? Yeah, I've seen a few of those. Um, yeah. how, how can such a young professional uh, uh, balance that between self-promotion and yet being the quiet professional? Personally, two ways. One, again, be humble about about what you've learned. Number two, don't acquiesce to fear right away. A lot of young professionals will not enter executive protection because they feel that they don't have a chance. That wow. and and what they are, they acu they acquiesce to that defeat and fear even before trying. Also, just be very careful if you, if if you're unsure. Anybody is unsure. Any young professional, I said, reach out to me. I'm telling everybody right now, reach out to me if you have a question. There's a way you have to, there's a way to verb, to verbage it, because I guarantee certain, you know, whether it be a, a detail and future employers, whoever, it's all about how you put it. If I say I'm an executive protection guru, more than likely, if it's too good, to, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. But yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's normal film to be timid or frightened about going into something new. But again, you want to start 
off the ground, you know, hit the ground running. And that's what networking in a support system would do. And, and so let's delve into that because it hadn't really occurred to me that these very young professionals would be intimidated uh, to get into EP. But then I can totally see why, because these EP professionals that we know and love, they're, they're very impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and so let's say you're a detail leader. What would your message to them be about, you know, giving a young professional a shot? How would you make it less intimidating? By telling them that, how are you supposed to have experience if nobody will give them a chance? Does, yeah, but does that make business sense? It, it makes business sense. It, it, it promotes transparency. Again, you have to you have to be careful. That's something you have to. And that's that's a very good point. You have to. It's a juggling act. You have to be able to give people a chance. Then again, it's incumbent upon the lead to entrust that type of um, spirit and courage within the people and say, listen, you're going to do fine. The more you think about it, the more it's going to drive you nuts. Yeah. And I guess if you build them up and they, you know, that, that is uh, a key part of your team that you're building up as a bit of a legacy or a bit of succession planning. It's, 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 I think it's a a lot better to look at it that way. Um, And then people say, well, what if I train them up and they leave? And then there's that famous thing. Well, what if you don't train them up and they stay? which uh, it, it's, it's paraphrased from somebody. Somebody famous must have said that, but this is great. Tell us a little bit about your work with the community and all these initiatives that you seem to be drawn into to doing because you're very prolific with the community at the moment. Right, yeah. So uh, as of right now, uh, as you said in the beginning, I'm a, uh, I'm a volunteer uh, community vice president with ASIS International. I work with and oversee three communities, uh, EPIC, which is an acronym for extremism and political instability, that community. There's the defense and intelligence, and then there's executive protection. One of the things that uh, I know I've made it a personal mission during my 10 years with ASIS, but also um, since ASIS has gone from a council model to a community model where everybody has intrinsic value, you don't have to necessarily go through a screening process. There was a lot of, you know, feeling that it was too North Americanized. And again, I thought well, it's called, it is called ASIS, isn't it? American Society. No, 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 that's what it was when it started, but it's ASIS International, not ASIS Domestic. Hmm. That's why I have to correct people. It's not ASIS, it's ASIS, you know, I have them spell it out. But no, the, the whole point is that there's a lot of people and volunteers with ASIS in different chapters all throughout the globe that again, maybe just starting out, maybe timid. But then I know that myself and other young professional leaders, what we've done is we started something called the Operation Silent Chapters Initiative back in, I believe that was 2018, 2019, when I was chairing global outreach on on that community. We proactively reached out to them and said, hey, we're here as a pipeline, as a resource for you. And then as it's matured and it's being, you know, Neil Parker and, uh, Erwin and, and Erwin, forgive me. I, did, I know you told me I can never pronounce your name, but Erwin, Erwin's a great young man. He's in the, in the Netherlands. Um, he, him and Neil, you know, who was the chair and the vice chair respectively, they've branched out and now to other, to do co, co uh, webinars and panel discussions with other young professionals around the globe within ASIS. And the same thing is going with these communities is that I've noticed and I'm ecstatic that with this whole community um, 
transition from councils, you will have somebody from, let's say, the APAC region or the Middle East region or, um, you know, I was going to say, we don't have, there's no chapter in Antarctica that I could think of. <laughs> but, you know, there's a lot more collaboration across borders. And that's that's a mission that, you know, again, that's it's very it's imperative. I mean, you and I are talking across oceans right now, you know, so that's what it's all about, you know, learning and helping each other. Exactly. I like that. Well, that's perhaps a great sentiment to end on because, you know, this is a fluidic space. It's going to have to be because as young professionals grow up, they are perhaps no longer young professionals. And then there's more coming in. And it's 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 something that we all have to be aware of uh, because we all perhaps were once young professionals. Maybe there are the young people out there that uh, started off in later life. Could be. Uh, but then they 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 surely know how it was to be uh, new uh, somewhere sometime. We all started somewhere. Yep. Absolutely. Well, Matthew, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Um, I, uh, I, I really enjoy this topic and I think it has real tangible benefits for the Circuit Magazine community, uh, either from the employer perspective or the job seeker perspective. I think, I think that is a key thing for these people to think about this summer. Thank you, Felmy. It's always a pleasure to, to work with you. We were all young once, uh, or we all will be a young professional at some stage, uh, one of the two. Uh, it was fantastic talking with uh, Matthew Porcelli, great friend of the industry, as I seem to like saying so much uh, these days. And, uh, you know, big friend of the GSD Getting Security Done uh, crew. I think, you know what? It is hard for young professionals. They need to put themselves out there yet they need to maintain some sort of quiet professional gray man um, ethos. Now, this is something that I think we've spoken about on previous podcasts when we talk about how to market yourself as an EP professional. bit tricky putting yourself out there, yet mm, maintaining that professionalism. Um, but I think Matthew, uh, you know, put that across really well. Um, what what do you think are today's main takeaways? I suppose, Sean, you know, what do you think a young professional should really think about today? I think, you know, what we spoke about on the intro is, you know, I think you have to project your career path. Where do you want to be? And how are you going to achieve that? And how are you going to get the skills that you need to get there? Um, set yourself a plan, set yourself some goals, tick them off and don't be afraid to down test and adjust your plan as things change. You know, life can throw curveballs. Sometimes you've just got to, you know, go with that curveball and see where the path takes you, but don't be afraid to change your plans. Stay upbeat and get the job done. Yeah. Stay upbeat and keep that motivation going because actually it is worth it. It is worth it in the end. So that can be our message of positivity to the community as well. Um, talk, talking, talking about the community, um, <clears throat> we have had a lot of great uh, contributors, uh, both on the BBA Connect app and the uh, NABA uh, Protector app. Um, of course, there are so many different people. Um, I, uh, for example, posted about uh, Richard Branson uh, going into space. And I said, well, how will us, you know, 
you protect a principle that's going into space because there are now 600 you know rich people on a waiting list to do it so it's a real question we had some nice interactivity and 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 so there are too many people to thank but i've selected just four sean uh thank you very much uh, for for contributing so much and of course you were there on the podcast um joe of course we had that protected mobility uh forum but 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 your post has been great on the protect app. Uh, Monica, again, I know you you came on for the interview, but but you've been uh, posting some great stuff. And Maurice, I thought your segments and photos uh, with motivation were were really great. And Mark James, of course, is always a very very active and, uh, and and positive both there and on Clubhouse. And um, of course, we can't thank everybody, but I but I thought I'd just pick those people out. Yeah, I, th- I think the community as a whole. You know, big thanks. It's fantastic. You know, staying engaged. The more you input, the more you can get out of it. And yeah, there's been some great contributions of late. And so, what what do we have coming up? Because usually we'd say, oh well, we've got uh, this and that. But it's the summer period. You know, some people are finding a lot more work. Some people are still on a bit of a quiet period. And um, what uh, have we got coming up that we want people to know about? I think. You're right. I mean, the summer period is definitely, you know, a busy period in our sector. Um, so a lot of people can be extremely busy. It's a perfect time to be digging in, reading your copy of the Circuit magazine, uh, for which we're still looking for contributors for the upcoming issues. And also, whilst you're on your travels, you know, start get plugged into the podcast. Um, I liked last week's podcast with Kenji Okamoto mm. talking about security at the Olympics in Japan. It'd be interesting to see because we've had lots of sporting events recently, you know, Euro 2021, the the football or soccer, as they call it in the States. But we also have the upcoming World Cup in Qatar. So it'd be interesting to see if any of the lessons learned from that podcast can be carried across into 2022. Absolutely. Yeah, because obviously Japan, Qatar, very different places. Yet the question of how to protect sporting events and sporting events going forward, big question. Um, what about Dubai Expo 2020, um, which is happening this year too? Lots of lots of big events. Um, and uh, your principal may not be traveling to Japan uh, this month, but they might uh, be saying, right, the World Cup, that is absolutely where I've got to go. So, so, so lots to look forward to. Um, I know that Elijah has his uh, course at live and in person this month. So please do check that out. Um, going uh, forward to next month, um, I actually have a convergence forum in Phoenix on the 19th of August in person. We're actually having local people uh, run that and some really great friends of the industry, including uh, Danita uh, and uh, Chris Grow, uh, are going to be uh, speaking, uh, which is going to be great. Christian uh, West will also be there speaking. And, and some other great names. Um, obviously, that's that's more for the US uh, crowd because, of course, travel between the UK and US is a bit tricky for UK citizens at the moment. Um, but uh, but yeah, these these are all sort of longer term. And um, I think we've got lots to look forward to in terms of the magazine. And as Sean said, we're still looking for contributors. Um, but but yeah, these communities on the Protector app and on the BBA Connect app, they're live and. I hope this commentary in some way goes to, you know, continuing that spark. What's next for you, Sean? Uh, I have lots of travel, which is uh, fantastic. Over the summer period, it's traditionally busy for myself. 
Um, recently, you know, came from overseas, which was a, an experience. I think certainly I'll be looking to, when I'm flying commercially, flying direct as opposed to making changeovers. <laughs> now it's a, it's a lot more difficult being a, coming back to the UK um, with all of the isolation and quarantine periods that's in place. So, um, yeah, that's interesting with, you know, COVID rules changing all the time. You definitely need to keep one eye on the ball uh, wherever you're flying to now for changes that happen overnight. But yeah, looking forward to some more travel and getting back to the grind. Indeed. Well, getting back to the grind, or if you're a young professional, getting started in the grind, what a big time to try it in. Um, of course, we're here for you. Um, the community is here for you. And as you saw from today's interview, Matthew Porcelli is here for you. So from Sean and myself and the whole Circuit Magazine team, thank you for listening to another excellent edition of the Circuit Magazine podcast. We'll see you next time. You have been listening to the Circuit Magazine podcast. Be sure to subscribe and be sure to not miss an episode.